There have been 160 distazapods. Can you believe it? What a phenomenal middle-of-the-road milestone. Actually, it's nothing to celebrate. Today, what are we talking about? A little post-op on the Rex Scanning Collection sale, and I got some fantastic questions and answers, and also um, just a general, like, what is the questions and concerns and quantities for the immediate future. This is something I want to I want to tap into, specifically quantity-wise. It's the Stazapod. Let's go. So the Rex Gannon collection launched uh, by my accounts, a smashing success. Thank you guys for turning out for that. Um, the Printing of the comic book was thankfully paid for by Patreon pre-orders, so everything that came in yesterday was all gravy. Uh, I should say on Wednesday. Who knows when you'll be listening to this. Um, So, that's great. This is good. This was meant to be a sort of small store update. The focus item is really this graphic novel, which has been such a massive thing to sort of work on and, and try to get done. And by all accounts, very well received. I am accelerating my focus on other additional graphic novels and comics. And we got some interesting ideas and uh, some interesting creators who are on board to kind of help us make that a reality. So that's good. That's great. What's not great is quantities. Now, we had another instant sellout with the Vaughn hollow bags. Hollow bags, I'll remind you, are sort of one-of-a-kind items. Um, typically, I have separated these over the course of several months, put them together in a bag. Sometimes there's resin printed pieces, which have to be cleaned, sanded, painted, etc., etc. So very labor-intensive. They're always sold at a loss. There are limits to how many I can make. So there was about 30 Vaughns. And they sold out instantly, no surprise there. Vaughn is coming back. Vaughn is coming back in many forms. So if you missed out, there are gonna be other opportunities to get him. Uh, I have now sort of publicly shared that there is a actual production Vaughn head based on his sort of classic look. Um, This will be coming to the Knights of the Slice line before the end of the year. So hang in there. I know everybody loves Vaughn. It's a crucial character. There will be more. There will be more, I promise you. Rex uh, is, if he's not sold out already, he will be sold out probably within a very short time. There was not a ton of inventory of him, and I did not offer a Patreon pre-order there. It was strongly my preference, it is strongly my preference, I should say, to always offer a Patreon pre-order for every single item that I possibly can. Now, in the case of Rex, in the case of Vaughn, I didn't offer pre-orders to patrons. I knew there's not enough of Vaughn to offer as a pre-order, and Rex likely would last just as long as Vaughn had I sort of put him up for Patreon pre-order as well. The, The bigger overarching thing here that I need to request everybody's patience and understanding on is that I am still locked in with quantity levels from last year and if you've been paying attention at all the business has increased probably i would say quadrupled i believe that we're dealing with four times the amount 
of customers um, than we were this time last year when I sort of placed the orders for all these goods. So I'm running into a constant situation where I don't even have enough product for just Patreon and just their pre-orders. Um, this is indicative of there being now limits on the upper tiers. I can only have so many patrons at a set amount of time. Um, the other part of this is that I couldn't, knowing that Vaughn was going to sell out instantly, I couldn't in good faith offer Rex early so that he also sells out and then there's literally nothing in the store with the exception of the comic book. I am trying to find an experience that is balanced between the public who are not patrons and the patrons who sort of pay for the privilege of getting stuff early. And it is a very delicate balance and it is exacerbated by the fact that I'm still dealing with a diminished stock because I had to place orders last year and because of all the delays of Corona. Remember, pretty much everything that's in the store now was supposed to be here, you know, as early as January. It should have been sort of rolled out then. So my business is sort of, it's in such a weird state of flux where there's this enormous, you know, influx of new people, especially from our Kit Lao collaboration that brought in an entirely new wave of brand new people. So many new people on the mailing list, so much more site traffic, so many more people paying attention to the drops. Uh, so I have the fortune of the business growing, but I have the misfortune of having inventory levels that are not sort of big enough to satiate the demand that's out there. Uh, as has been discussed before, I don't really like doing lotteries I think those are more appropriate for high-end items and items that there's like five or ten of because those are even more labor-intensive on top of all these things. So what is the solution here? Well, the good news is slowly but surely styles of figures are coming in that contemplate our new customer base. So a good example of this is Montana Midnight. That is a figure of which I ordered appropriate amount and that arrived very recently. So it was more indicative of our true customer base, not our limited customer base. Um, the components for hollow bags are sort of almost scrap that's around the workshop, right? I'm piecing these together and it's based on what's available. And in those cases, we're talking about a couple dozen pieces. Um, so that's the first thing we are starting to slowly get styles that have the correct number of inventory. Um, that being said, there are still styles in stock of characters you haven't seen, or I should say paint styles that you haven't seen that are waiting to make their debut that unfortunately have last year's inventory levels. So we're going to start seeing figures that hang around a little more, but we're not quite through the inventory from last year so that there are no more situations like Vaughn. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a specific question that was asked today, I believe from James Jacobs, which talks about these crucial characters and their future plans. And I do plan to address this and there is a plan there, um, but it all just requires patience and people sort of 
waiting, you know, these things can take a long time to get incorporated. But um, there will be more Vaughn, and I look forward to sort of sharing that sooner than later. I am kind of contemplating maybe a big hollow bag sale that might harken back to our sort of vector crate experience where you're paying a set price and it's completely blind but you get this big image of all the different styles because I do have more figures in quantities that are super low like 30 pieces 40 pieces and they're interesting they're largely just kit bashes and franken slices but I would like to find a way to release these. The problem is it's going to be the exact same experience as Vaughn. So maybe that's one possible scenario where we just combine everything into one great big blind sale. Um, let me know what you guys think. Is that like a reasonable thing we could do? Because I do have really interesting pieces and parts and even some like spare stuff that is relatively new or hasn't been seen yet that I'd like to tease out. but. I don't want to keep doing hollow bags if it ends up being an overwhelmingly neg negative experience for everybody. I want to reaffirm to everybody that I want to sell as many of every single figure I can. I want everybody who wants one to be able to get one. It doesn't benefit me to have people be disappointed. So that's always my goal and that's always what I'm trying to achieve. But I do also like doing special one-of-a-kind things like hollow bags. I think it adds something to this. Uh, we've talked many times about can't I just up the numbers of hollow bags, and I just want to reassure people I make absolutely as many of those as I can within the time frame that I have to sort of prep a sale. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about my preparation because that was a specific question in the Q and A's, and I'll lay that out a little bit better. But a lot of the time, I'm making decisions within a very short frame for when a launch is. Many, many details get sort of confirmed or added on or finalized by me within a five-day window. So outside of doing all the site prep and the photography and the, you know everything else that's involved with sale, I'm often putting in as many spare hours as there are to doing things like separating a Vaughn figure and all his different pieces and putting them in a bag. Um, by the way, this hollow bag is does come in pieces. People suggested that. Um, it is not a dramatic time saver. It does not allow me to sort of put together or make more of them within these sort of little windows that I'm, that I'm dealing with. But in any case, I'm happy for those people that were able to get a Vaughn. I'm sorry for those people who missed out. Uh, Rex seemed to be relatively easy to get a hold of, and that tells me I made the right decision regarding that. And I do want to thank everybody for checking out the graphic novel. Uh, I'm awaiting a shipping update. I believe they will be here maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday. And of course, I want to caution people, I do need seven business days to dispatch everything. So next week I will start bundling everything up, and you're going to get your Patreon pre-orders, you're going to get your Rex collection items, and you're going to get your action figure of the month for August, because that is all done and ready to go. So it's going to be a very exciting sort of uh, next week. People are going to be getting some excellent stuff in the mail, and I hope it cheers you guys up, and I hope it makes you happy.
So now I'm going to head over to Patreon for our patron-only questions. By the way, I have revealed what August's Patreon gift is going to be for $25 and $50 people. Spoiler alert, it is a material boy of a hacker man, and it includes all his accessories. And it is of a color you're really going to love. So now, between now and, you know, the first or second, be a good time to sign up for Patreon. And if you, for some reason, have not gotten your July Patreon gift yet, that is likely because you just didn't have a store purchase within those four weeks, I am putting together and will be sending out all the missing Patreon gifts for that pink radic um, this week and next. Keep in mind, as it does state on the website, I need a four to six week window in order to fulfill all gifts. Brett Lawson has a great question, and this does play a little bit into Vaughn and Dr. Mad and Kurt, you know, sort of curtails nicely into James Jacobs' question further down the line. You mentioned a while back about doing some new head sculpts. Do you think you will offer these as standalone purchases, kind of like you did with the two silver and gold desert rat heads? Or will these just be all new characters with pre-existing bodies, like a hyper or old knight? So I think that individual head releases are a possibility. I th One of the bigger, more ambitious things I'm trying to work towards is a head pack, which is likely going to contain 10 heads, which will likely answer people's call for figures that they have missed out on. But when I launch that project, when I will launch that skew, I will then sort of rob myself from any ability to do um, random Frankenstein characters. So how I like to do this is have a big bank of parts and separate parts and separate heads. And I lay out all of my blue bins you guys have sometimes seen the pictures of these. I open them all up in the workshop, and then I just kind of walk up and down and think about what makes a good Frankenslice. What parts do I have that could be a new character? Now, you have experienced the fruits of this exercise many times. You just don't know it. Um, the Vaughn that was just a hollow bag, that was largely because of kind of floating around and being creative and thinking about all those parts that could make a new character. Uh, Grasshopper Knight is, uh, sorry, Construction Bug Man, uh, is another great example of this. This, these were parts I had laying around and I was able to construct a brand new character out of it. So I'm not anxious to sort of take the ammunition out of the gun in some respects. I like having a bank of parts, but I am getting to kind of a critical mass where there are enough heads that I, I can put together what I think would be a very compelling head pack. So I think that that is more likely. Um, in terms of, you know, heads coming with pre-existing bodies and things like that, we are at a, a period now in Knights of the Slice of fragmentation when it comes to the, the individual figure and its accessories. As I've stated before, I, I have set up an assembly line here. So when I get figures, there are oftentimes heads and accessories that correspond to other characters, specific characters. A good example of this is the Meat Ambassador's missing biker helmet. There's a very, very specific, very cool use for that piece. And you guys are going to see it in short time. You're going to be very excited. 
Um, Montana Midnight's chainsaw that has gone missing. There's a reason behind that. So we're at this age of creativity and Frankenslices where new characters can be created on the spot, and that is deeply fulfilling for me. So um, I think that what I would recommend for you guys is to always read the product descriptions to make sure you understand what parts are coming with what figures. There's going to be a lot of crossbreeding, too, that happens. There's going to be a lot of heads on characters that did not initially come with that head, but it looks really great. I'm starting to be able to organize more complexity in these releases. Um, you know, Hyper Knight Eel is another great example of one of those happy accidents. So I think that in this age of fragmentation, to very carefully understand that you may not get every piece that's in the figure, and you need to check out the SKU, the, the sort of product listing, to make sure you understand what you're getting. The photos will almost always be what you see is what you get. And while that may seem unattractive in the immediate for you, I guarantee you there are going to be excellent uses for those pieces that bring us brand new characters in a spontaneous manner, and you're going to love it. It's going to be great. Brandon O'Hare says, forgive me if this has been asked before, what are the odds we'll see some Hyper Knight material, boys? I find a ton of customizing potential with this sculpt. Brandon, I feel the same way, and I'm happy to tell you before the end of the year, we're, you're going to have quite a few opportunities for that. Um, I would also say that there will be sort of material plus style, which we've talked about in the past. Uh, Reed Schweizer is a material plus. He's essentially a material boy with some extra parts and maybe a painted head. So there's, there's a bunch more for that. I agree with you. I really am in love continually with the Hyper Knight body. There's so much you can do with it. And uh, yeah, there's. I think you're going to get exactly what you asked for. One of those rare questions where you get exactly what you ask for. Chris Solis, asking for a friend, are Frisbees more effective than Kung Fu when battling programs in cyberspace? Absolutely. You get a ranged attack. That also can ricochet. Very valuable for cyberspace. But you know this. Matthew Paquette, when will we see more background story from Spice Fleet? I'm dying to know what they are currently up to, and it would be great to see the dynamic between them. Um, I would love to do this. I don't think anytime soon. I think that the next big story opportunity for Spice Fleet is going to be if and when there are additional uh, sort of, uh, you know, people in Spice Fleet that get released, of which I do not have any current plans. Um, I really like that that sort of setting. I would love to have the leisure time to do more stories in there, but I have so many really crucial stories I have to get out that lead up to December, which will be a earth-changing sort of cataclysm of events happening with Knights of the Slice, and all of them tie into the action figure of the month crate. So it's going to be very exciting, but I'm unfortunately very busy with that. Gordon asks, do I have a favorite character from Michael Fife, uh, sorry, Michelle Fife's comic, Copra? Any favorite issues? Um, I really like Lloyd. I think that, especially with the reveals that come later on about his family, I think that there's a really interesting wounded character there. I also really like Wur. Um, I mean, they're all kind of great. It's it's hard to pick. Um but I guess I'll, I'll go with Lloyd. and I'll, uh, As far as favorite issue, um, I don't recall the issue, but I really liked Wurr's story when he went to his hometown. I felt like that was uh, 
very relatable. Okay, I got interrupted there by a phone call I had to take. So I don't exactly remember what I said, but I think I said my favorite story from Copra was when Ware goes back to his hometown, because I really relate to that. And there's a really surprising, brutal twist to that story, which is pretty awesome. So I highly recommend that. Uh, check it out for sure. Moving along to DP Workman. Would you ever consider doing a food-based accessory set? I have a wealth of literal toy pizza in 112th saying thanks to TMNT, but I'm sorely lacking any 118th accessories that aren't guns. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm not sure I would commit tooling money to that because I have so many characters I need to get done, but I absolutely share your pain. There is a, a astounding lack of cool and fun accessories for the 118th scale. Jerry Boo, he says, I suspect the answer to this will be no, but I was wondering, would you ever consider letting people pay money in advance as store credit against future drops? Sometimes drops come around when money is a little tight, and it would be nice to have some insurance against missing something because of lack of funds. Um, so I think that this, the the problem with my business as it is today is there is too much complexity, too many different apps, too many things to keep track of. And obviously all the mistakes I make in shipping is because of this, because it's too much for one person to handle. And I'm sort of at a weird stage where my business is growing big, but it's not big enough to support the additional money it would require to hire somebody to help out or handle the e-commerce full-time or move to a sort of third-party fulfillment or something like that. So I'm in a weird limbo at the time being. So I... I think if I had some sort of prepaid credit situation, it would probably be something I fucked up, honestly. It would be hard to keep track of. It would be another sheet for me to print out. And, yeah, you know, it would lead to more errors and more trouble. What I would suggest, and this is for patrons, if you miss out on something, just send me an email. You know, uh, if it is genuinely something you couldn't get a hold of, I can sort of do my best to let you know if any any additional ones pop up. I'm always finding stuff in the workshop. Uh, I am I know money is tight for a lot of people. I've been trying to do more and more trades with patrons, and we've had some great interactions that way. Um, I, I'm generally pretty sympathetic to, to people who pay for Patreon who can't get what they need, and I do try to keep a little bit of a tally of what people are looking for. Now, Sometimes I have to hold a little bit of product because there's always shipping errors, some of them not my fault. And then when those when it's clear that everybody's gotten their stuff, those extras I do try to get to people that sort of reached out uh and, you know, had a uh, you know, have a need for something. So, um I don't think I would do anything as formal as a sort of you know, prepaid credit card or something like that or store gift card. But, uh, you know, you guys can feel free to shoot me a note. You know, the worst thing that can happen is I say no. Gordon's got another question. Does Montana Midnight's former humanity grant him more capabilities than the meat ambassador or molten hacker man? I think that's a safe assumption. And I know for a fact you're going to see what these capabilities are when we get to the Turbo Atoll story. Paul Weyer says, I know you're still looking to fund two more heavy sculpts. Wondering if there's anything in the theoretical realm during Action Figure of the Month 2020 funding for a female character as a heavy sculpt. 
Um, I don't have a female character in this sort of bigger size. Um, I, I would say yes if, one, I already had one designed, and two, also, there was some level of sculpting that had already been done on them. So, because I... I don't already have that in my mind. It, it would be very hard for me to build that from scratch, especially when there are so many other competing uh, characters trying to sort of be made in into real life. And regarding those two thick boys that we're getting ready to privately fundraise, uh, look for an update on that pretty soon. I'm trying to get my ducks in a row, and I think it's going to be a really fun experience. We can all do it together. Sean Gordon, how do I get myself geared up for it all? Drop after drop. It seems like most people would sit back and take time off after Toy PizzaCon. And the amount of figures you must have had to pack and mail out. But that's followed up with the Rex bundles and figures. It seems like a breakneck pace. As a customer, it is awesome. But it's mind-blowing that you keep constant, uh, consistently delivering the goods. Thank you, Sean. It is a lot of work. I mean, part of this, part of the reality is I'm able to do this because of patrons, you know. They essentially, you know, allow me to just focus on this. I It's been a very long time since I've had any client work or any contract work. And because of my monthly Patreon donations, I don't have to worry about that. I know my lights are going to stay on. I know my rent's paid. And uh, that allows me to... I think have a very unique product release schedule that if done right, it is keeping you guys engaged and interested, you know, uh, a couple times a month. I, I think if you're an obsessive person like me, when you love something, you really want to experience a little piece of that every day. I think we've created that here, especially with Patreon. Every day there's usually a new post, new photos, new Dostazapod. Um, and if you're just a little more casual, you can kind of float in and out around drops, which are usually about, you know, two weeks apart. And, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, it's not overwhelming for people. I hope you're able to kind of pick and choose when you want to engage and be in there. And if nothing else, in this really dark, chaotic world, I hope that you know, Knights of the Slice and Toy Pizza is just a nice, mellow feeling. Like, I, I've been watching a lot of uh, angry video game nerd videos. This guy's been on YouTube forever. Um, and he just, you know, he's he's funny, he curses, and he, he plays old video games. And I find retro gaming to be such a non-political, such a, a relaxing escape for me. And, and just helps me appreciate... Oh yeah, I love that game. I love that those sprites. I love those characters. It's just such a, a great form of escape. And I hope, if nothing else, that Knights of the Slice sort of provides a little bit of that. I, I did try to take time off after Toy PizzaCon, but it did not last very long. I am sort of, uh, you know, super obsessed with Knights of the Slice. I, I am the biggest fan of it, you could say. And so I, I'm always... I have this propulsion to tell these stories and share these characters and, and get us to the next story break. Like, it's it's very fulfilling and very fun for me. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that we'll always be at this pace, but 
I feel like uh, now's the time to do it. And I hope it's it continues to be enjoyable for people. Gabe Tovar, uh, I posted a photo of uh, that Nikki found on Instagram. I don't know who the person who took the photo was, but it was me and uh, my factory guy, Paul, 10 years ago at San Diego Comic-Con setting up. And uh, we are both very much older and grayer than we were back then. And Gabe asked on that photo, you know, what was the advice I would give myself uh, from 10 years ago? And he's kindly reposted this again in the, the Q&A thread as I asked him to. Um, I actually thought about this since you asked the question the first time. And I got to be honest, I I don't know that I would give any advice to myself. I, I think that um, I'm here today because of the journey and all the mistakes and, and false starts. I, I can tell you that the, the guy in that photo very, very desperately wanted to be successful and to have people appreciate his art and very much wanted to be exactly where I am today, but did not have the patience to see himself in such a lofty position 10 years later. I needed it immediately. And I think that that really, uh, that affected my love of the craft and the stories and the characters because there was always this this sort of uh, rationale for doing it, which was success and fame and money. And that overshadowed what is truly crucial here, which is the craftsmanship and, and working at the skill of drawing or designing or telling stories. Um so I, you know, I, I don't know that I would tell myself anything, uh, but I, I know that that, that guy 10 years ago would be beyond the moon at where I've ended up. Sean Houlihan, will there be an option to pay all in for the merging of Patreon and Action Figure of the Month? I'm a worrier when it comes to missing out. Um, so I've talked about potentially offering a year subscription separately. There are going to be some people who do not use Patreon and maybe don't have a PayPal or whatever the case may be. So I may just have a SKU on the store that is a simple one-year subscription, and that would get sort of added into uh, the fulfillment once we merge these two separate sort of platforms. So I, I think that that's an option, and then... You know, there's a couple ways to approach that as a customer. If you're a double year action figure of the month, or which quite a few of you are, you could buy one year ahead and then you could just enroll in what will likely be a $30 tier through the Patreon and that would ensure you get your sort of double month. There's kind of ways to stack this. Um, some of the more enterprising uh, customers see the value in doing the double month because they know they can always trade for that very scarce action figure of the month figure. Um, so, you know, if you're in a position to, I think that's that gives you a lot of leverage when it comes to trades. But uh, to clarify, as far as Patreon goes, they do not, there is no system or mechanism within the Patreon platform that allows you to prepay for an entire year. Um, so the transaction would not be through Patreon. You would probably the the sort of path of least resistance 
if you don't want to be billed monthly for Action Figure of the Month, would probably be to be a low-tier Patreon subscriber and then do that full-year subscription through toypizza.com. Because that way you're still getting all the articles and updates and everything else. Um, and then you sort of still will get fulfilled for the monthly figure. Again, all of this is a theory. I haven't committed to anything or put pen to paper. But um, these are good questions to ask now as I'm getting a feel for that. Moving along to our Facebook fan group. This is the question I was referencing earlier. James Jacobs. There are so many characters that are important to the storyline, such as Vaughn. Dr. Mad, Reach, Weiser, etc. Would you ever consider re-releasing these figures at some point in bigger quantity as they seem to be and obviously are very sought after? Um, so, yes, but not probably in the way you're thinking. There's not going to be straight-up re-releases of these figures, but some of them will come to you in a head pack, which I'm working on. Some of them, I'm looking at the possibility of doing a sort of smaller version of the hollow bag, which could be more plentiful, doesn't contain all of the parts, but does contain the crucial parts. So for Dr. Mad, it would have his head sculpt, it would have his his hands, maybe the cape. For somebody like Vaughn, it would have the head, the beard, maybe the shirt. So I'm trying to figure out a way that I can feasibly work out these upgrade kits, let's call them, uh, in a way that gets more of them out there but doesn't require the same work as a full figure release. So it's definitely something I'm thinking about. Uh, there's not going to be straight-up re-releases of characters as they have been before. I know many people have been asking for Marcin. There is another version of Marcin coming before the end of the year. Likely that will tie into Turbo Atoll. Um, Reed, Reed will, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, Head packs are going to satiate a lot of this, and then if I can figure out the right mixture and the right pricing and costing for these sort of upgrade kits, that's that's also going to alleviate some of this demand. So I'm working on it. I want everybody to have these characters. I want to sell as many of them as, you know, demand dictates. Um, so it it is a priority for me. Cliff Uchida... I'm not sure if I asked this already, but what was the thing that ultimately made you decide to branch out and become an independent toy designer instead of working for a major toy company? Um, I guess that I, it was more that I had the opportunity to do it, right? Because obviously there are financial considerations uh, that would prevent you from having your own independent toy line. You can make good money working for other toy companies and, and doing that. I guess, you know, around the time I started the Patreon, I was still consulting for other companies, big corporations. They paid insane retainers, you know, signed big long-year contracts. Um, but it's as Patreon grew, it started to become a hassle to work for other people. And to essentially offer them really great advice and and give them leads that were meaningful and talk about trends that they should capitalize on, and then to have none of those none of those gifts incorporated or done anything with. There are, you know, this is this is truly like when we think of how unessential most of the economy is. I, I saw it firsthand because I was a handsomely 
compensated consultant to Fortune 500 companies who almost never ever took any of my advice or incorporated any of the strategies I outlined, which ultimately proved to be good advice and good strategies because I used them in Knights of the Slice, and it's successful because of that. So consulting on a whole is such a, a an incredible scam. You know, it really is. And uh, I also felt like the lack of authority for me in these exchanges where I genuinely wanted to help these people. I did. I wanted, I could have benefited these companies in a major way. I laid out ideas that, that I've, I saw their competitors sort of incorporate and make a mint on. The, the lack of sort of autonomy and the, the inability to meaningfully get this stuff done and locked into stone and incorporated, that was really diminishing. Now, there are consultants out there that just want to get renewed, and they won't pitch big, ambitious, difficult things. They won't give a client something that may be bigger than they can chew. They'll just kind of give little crumbs, you know, keep them satiated, keep them fed, and uh, they'll keep getting renewed, and, and that's their long game. That's probably why I was not a very good consultant because that wasn't my game. I would start the conversation with the very biggest, most ambitious things I thought could benefit them. And then I would continue to harp on them every week when they failed to do any of this stuff. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it got them nowhere. Uh, I can tell you one of those big companies is probably not coming out of this pandemic situation. I think that they're going to be uh, completely dusted off the face of the earth. And, uh, you know, that that was such. Um, so I think that, one, having the Patreon money that essentially guaranteed I could live, and then also seeing the complete incompetence in the modern corporate structure at these big companies really solidified that, like, I should be doing this myself. And you know what? We're, we're a few years into that experiment, and I got to say I was right. Daz Highland says, why, 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 Delilah? And I say, uh, you stopped us from killing each other, Tom Jones, Tom Jones. Philip Barrara, if we paid handsomely, would you do a listing for birthday figures again? I know you tried this before and it sounded like it was not successful, but now that Frankenslice is now a fan favorite, it might be more welcome, especially if it's a toy you're making, especially for somebody's birthday. Um, the answer is no. Uh, for those who don't know... In the first year of Action Figure of the Month, there was an option to add on a birthday month. So you could get a unique figure um, and, you know, a little handwritten note that said happy birthday. Uh, it was an absolute disaster because, one, I couldn't keep up with the demand for it. I often forgot birthdays. I did not have a way to collect the birthdays of the people that signed up for it. So I had no idea when their birthdays were. Um, just, you know, failure after failure after embarrassment. And the other thing is, much like Jerry's question, while people prepaying for store credit would be monetarily beneficial to me, um, it adds complexity. And this birthday offer would add a lot of complexity. And, and right now, uh, this business is going to sink or swim based on how much simplification to the process I can do. Because, you know, 
it's really tough. It's really tough to do as a one-man show. And, you know, I need to constantly be figuring out ways to simplify. Merging Patreon with the Action Figure of the Month Club next year, that is going to be a huge simplification. That's going to be great. I need to continue to find things that don't add work to what I do, but rather, you know, make the flow better and easier. Hopping back to Patreon for a couple late questions that came in. Philip Barrara with Halloween coming up. Could we get a trick-or-treat Frankenslice? Um, it, it's entirely possible. I don't have anything particular in mind. If there's going to be a Frankenslice around, then it's probably going to be decided pretty close to that date. Although I will say the action figure of the month for October is fantastic. Very excited about that. Moving on. Our good friend Lance Tomimoto has quite a few questions. Thundercats, Silverhawks, or Tiger Sharks? Also, favorite figure from each line. Minor Bengali, Flashback, and Mako, respectively. Silverhawks all the way. Um, I'll go with Silverhawks. I don't know enough of the character names specifically to tell you my favorite. Um, For Thundercats, the gray guy. For Silverhawks, I like Bluegrass. I think he's cool. Tiger Sharks. I, I don't know the names of those characters. Any of them are fine. What do I think of Revel's Power Lords? Uh, an older cousin had the Adam Power, and I was fascinated by it. They were kind of terrifying. I had them too. Um, I don't think they've aged well. I think the Four Horsemen and Goliath figures are an improvement on that line. What do I think of the 1977 Super Joe line? The strange Mego-inspired sci-fi line Hasbro released after Adventure Team and prior to Real Action, uh, Real American Hero. Um, I mean, it looks cool. I don't own any of the figures, so I can't really comment. Not sure you answered this before. What is your favorite 1.6, uh, 1.6 scale figure and line? So 1.6 is 12 inch, right? Uh, I mean, I guess just the generic Hot Toys answers probably sufficient. It's hard to, uh, to beat what they do. What do I think of the original Parker Brothers ROM figure? What do I think of the ROM comic book? Uh, I have almost no frame of reference for either of those. I didn't have the figure, and I don't think I've read any of the ROM comic books. I do have the three and three quarter inch ROM figure from the Hasbro multi-pack. Uh, I don't have any affinity for the character, so I, you know, wrong person to ask. Favorite Ninja Turtle and why? Uh, Leatherhead, because his first name is Jess. Uh, favorite Micronaut figure, vintage, um... I like the Hood Men. I think they're kind of cool. They're a little bit different. Favorite Microman figure, Palisades. Um, any of the figures that don't fall apart, which is all of them. So I guess I don't have a favorite figure for Palisades, Micronaut. Top five movies. Um, I'm going to be doing a top ten movie, Dostazapod, soon. I'm going to re-watch all of my top ten movies and see if, you know, th- my top ten is still my top ten, which I suspect... There's going to be a lot of changes there. Finally, Matthew Paquette. Are we going to get a drone rider in the future? I mean, Rex Cannon is the drone rider, so you could argue, yes, as soon as it arrives in the mail, you've got yourself a drone rider. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. This has been a fun one. Uh, I'm going to go and get this posted so you can all listen with your ear holes. That'll be a lot of fun. Thanks for turning out for the Rex Collection on the horizon is our private fundraising campaign 
for Chromega and Send 5. Don't know when, but I'm working on it. It's going to be interesting. So uh, hang in there and have some fun. And uh, the only thing left to say is pizza out. Thank you.